all gas, no brake. We're going to be a special team, baby. We're going for the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Let's go, man! And we are back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Jets Way podcast. And as you can tell by my voice, it is a very happy occasion because for once, we finally have some positive things to say on this podcast after the New York Jets' first victory on Sunday at MetLife Stadium over the Tennessee Titans. And guys, as you can tell, I'm very excited to get into this tonight. It's going to be a not a total love fest because we have a lot to discuss. I'll get into all that about my concerns for our next matchup. And, you know, it's never perfect with this team, but it really felt good to be a fan. And Lorenzo and myself were at the game on Sunday. It, it for once we were playing the sport and we won and it was a great feeling so before we get into all of that guys how are we doing tonight feeling good man it's uh feels good to, to come on here with some positive uh vibes for once and excited to chop it up seriously first one of the season um obviously we're at the game so it felt a lot better um that way but man the atmosphere was crazy on sunday and i'm just glad i was able to witness that yeah, and bro, let me tell you right now, the Jets have something here with Zach Wilson. He is the real deal. It That was one player that we never bailed on. We always said that the kid has it. We never bailed on him after three games. The play calling, the first-year coaching staff, who, by the way, the defensive coaching staff needs a, a gold star for the week. They did an outstanding job, and they've been doing a good job all season. Jeff Albrecht and all those guys, and Robert Sala obviously being a defensive mind. Um, the defense – what was it, seven sacks they had on Sunday or something like that? I mean, bro, they're, they're doing work with guys that I've never heard of before in my life. All right, how about Quincy Williams, Bryce Hall, who is one of the best cornerbacks in football this year statistically. Gidry, how about that, that tackle Gidry had on Derrick Henry? Huge, um, yeah. You know, John Franklin Myers, he looks like a, a foundational piece now. The list goes on. Bryce Huff, I mean, who the hell is Bryce Huff? The, the work that they're doing is just absolutely incredible. And I, I don't want to take up too much time here, but there's a lot to like after this week. There's some things to clean up, which we'll get into, but great job. Now you go on and you beat the Atlanta Falcons because the typical jet garbage would be a letdown week here. How many times did Todd Bowles' team after a big – remember when they beat the Chiefs at MetLife Stadium and, oh, we, we, we had McCown doing a dance on the sideline, you know, all that, the dancing on the field in Buffalo. They don't get off the plane. I believe it was against Ryan Fitzpatrick in Tampa when the season was still alive. And then they beat the Chiefs. They don't get off the plane to play a Denver team that has lost all these games in a row. And then under Adam Gase, they beat the Raiders. Remember that? They smoked John Gruden. And then what do they do? They lose to the winless Bengals the week after that on the road. So the Falcons are crummy. There's no reason why this football team should not be prepared to play on Sunday. It would be the typical jet garbage not to be ready to play. It would tell me a lot about the staff and how things are changing around here. If we get off the plane and knock the – we don't even have to knock the doors off these guys. If you go out there and you win a football game on Sunday, we are – we're on to something here. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, that's a great point that it would be a sign of things, of things that are changing that, you know, this coaching staff can have the, these players ready to play. And I thought they were ready to play on Sunday. Obviously, they got the win, but 
man, the crowd was into it. The defense was 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 into it from the start. Um, I just think on offense, we'd like to get some points in the first quarter. Um, but I think if we do that, then we'll be all right. Yeah, I definitely agree with you guys. Very winnable game. And I think the Falcons give up 32 points a game, which is last in the league. So we got to score points and touchdowns. Yeah, and just getting back to the game against Tennessee, the, the offensive play calling, I thought, in the second half was pretty good. I, I, there's not a lot to complain about because they finally had the kid on the move, all right? All these other quarterbacks in the league that are mobile. Zach Wilson's a mobile quarterback. He can move. He's at his best. All of his best plays this year have been off-scripted, where he rolls out of the pocket, makes something happen that's, you know, not planned on. Why don't we get this kid on the move more to make more of that happen? He clearly – you could tell – He's not that comfortable in the pocket quite yet. I think a lot of that has to do with the players around him where he has to worry about the pass rush. He has to worry about guys dropping the ball. And I, I forgot who brought this up. I think it was Dan Orlovsky of uh, ESPN. And he kind, he's kind of right here. On those short intermediate passes, it looks like he's kind of guiding the ball there. He's not really letting it fly. It's, not kind, of, it, it's kind of like a baseball pitcher when you throw to first base or a, close, a, a base close by where they kind of – their arm speed isn't the same. I don't, I don't know if I'm making sense there. Um, that's a good point. So the way to eliminate that is to do what he does best and get him on the run more where, you know, as his game progresses, the pocket presence gets better and the accuracy goes up. So I thought that was a great point there. And another thing, how about the running backs? I mean, Michael Carter looks like our starting running back. And how about Tevin Coleman on that fourth down? It was third down, actually. That third down and one, jumping over the pile like he was like Herschel Walker or something like that. I thought they did a good job there. And Corey Davis, he showed up to play after the first half where he couldn't catch the ball. He fell down. He looked like a total nightmare. And we're sitting there saying, like, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. He played like a number one receiver in the second half. So I, I thought the offense did a good job overall. The offensive line, they still have work to do. I thought Vera Tucker, who, you know, got another dumb penalty down the field where he was the illegal man down the field for the second straight week. But regardless – I thought they did a decent enough job. This guy, Connor McGovern, he stinks, but we knew that already. So, yeah, the, the offense took steps in the right direction, but I agree with you, Lorenzo. They need to start faster if we want to start beating better teams because the way we started against uh, Tennessee, that's not going to work against better teams that we play down the line. So, overall, I'm glad with the effort there. Yeah, and even just starting faster, like, I think it was they they were off to a 9 nothing lead. Like, those – three field goals could have easily been touchdowns and thankful for our defense, you know, we stopped them. So it's just like, we can't really rely. We don't want to rely on that each and every week to, to score points, you know, in the second half and try to do comeback wins. So uh, we'll have to see an early, uh, early start to this game. Um, just want to give a shout out to Jameson Crowder. I thought his presence was, was very key for Zach Wilson in the offense um, being just a reliable catch passer um, in the middle of the field, especially third downs as well. So um, he definitely showed his importance to this offense. And staying on the topic of um, of the pass blocking, George Fant did very well. He's he stepped into left tackle and he's doing his job in protecting your quarterback. I think Zach had one sack on Sunday. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah and and the pass blocking from the running backs too, a lot better. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Jamison Crowder because my God, he was paying off dividends. And another thing, we were tough on this guy. How about Keelan Cole making some big catches? All right, like he showed up ready to play and it. You see, no one's on Twitter and all that because the Jets put up 27 points saying to play Denzel Mims, who was active and, you know, obviously didn't get a, a target. But, you know, you can get away with not playing the second-round pick from last year when you're scoring 27 and winning. 
But when you're scoring 26 through the first three games of the year, not looking like you're playing the sport, you're going to hear about it. But uh, just getting back to the offense here, guys, how about Zach Wilson and just the overall grit through that? How about that, like, that third down throw to Keelan Cole in oh, overtime? Beautiful. Like, that is the, the stuff. Day, I think. That's the stuff, man. Like, if the Jets still had Sam Darnold, do they win that football game? No, no shot. I don't think so, no. Like, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day who, you know, was, was going on about Zach Wilson, and I, he brought up a good point. You never felt like Darnold won a game for the Jets. It was always, okay, Sam didn't throw too many interceptions. He stayed within himself, and the Jets won a game. Maybe that game against Dallas, but – it was really a first half against Dallas because he tried giving it away later on in that game. Whereas the Jets won because of Zach Wilson. You see what I'm saying here? He was making those plays that carried us to a victory, which we never saw from Sam Darnold. So, and this is only his fourth game. He was doing things like directing the traffic. I, I saw Josh McCown said on Twitter the other day, it took him 17 years to do something like that. It took this guy four games. Like he is doing things that are well beyond his years. It's just the minor things that I think, you know what, maybe the Mountain West Conference you don't see too often. Maybe he's still learning, hey, maybe I can't get away with this in the NFL level. And the interception was not on him, Lorenzo. We were sitting there at the game saying, what the hell is he doing? He threw it right to him. That was on Corey Davis for falling down. So we just have to live with those rookie mistakes here and there. And I really think this guy is going to be a great quarterback. I really do. I think they just have to keep adding better players around him, particularly the offensive line. And they will they'll get better and the play calling LaFleur might be getting the hang of it once I I hope he sits down and sees all the highlights from this season or for when this kid is moving in the pocket and starts doing it more how about some RPOs how about some design quarterback runs more of that and I think it'll get better from here on out no I definitely agree with that uh Zach Wilson is is tremendously talented that go to Keelan Cole like Sean mentioned before was on the money, um, directing traffic downfield, uh, just just an exciting game overall. Like, there's so many exciting plays that you can pinpoint off of. I wanted to ask you guys on that in the open overtime. Um, how did you feel about that third down play call? Horrible. Uh, where they faked the faked the run and and Zach uh, tried to score it himself. Horrible. I feel like I, I I feel like it wasn't that bad. Zach just can't take that that loss of yards right there. Just throw the ball away. I mean, he had the ball tucked already. Like. Maybe that was his mindset, but uh, bro, I, I have a great idea here. How about a quarterback sneak in that situation? Up the gun, yeah. How about a quarterback keeper? How about Tevin Coleman, who just jumped over the yeah. pile, does that again? What What were they doing? I thought they were trying to get cute there, just try to fool the defense. But they were going to go for it on on fourth yeah. and one if they can take a loss there. Yeah, and the kicker almost missed too. <laughs> yeah, the the kicker tried so hard, he really did. <laughs> And and Zach showed that he can absolutely be a special player, but like those few throws that he missed to ice the game really hurt. But they were like the easier throws of the day. But hey, yeah, we won the game. He made some amazing throws. Yeah, listen, if he's missing those throws, fine, he'll fix that. We'll, yeah, he'll fix that. That's correctable. What we can't yeah. correct is him checking the ball down and not keeping his eyes downfield. What we can't correct yeah. is him just not having the ability to move in the pocket. If the Jets had Mac Jones. I don't think they would win a game this year. I really did. Do you see how emo that guy's literally a statue back there? And the commentators talk about him like he's the next Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. give me a break. Dude, it's crazy. The one pass he threw, what was this at? Over four yards or something like that was an interception? 
Dude, and nobody – and you know what I love from the media? Nobody – I feel like nobody talked about this game for Zach Wilson. Nobody even – it was like, oh, whatever. Can you imagine if Trevor Lawrence had this type of game for the Jacksonville Jaguars? No. Like, just – this was by far the best rookie mm-hmm. performance of the year. There's not even one comparable to this performance. Not, not, not even close. You're right. Nobody cares, it's though. Facts. It's facts. It's, it's the Jets, man, you know. Well, well, that's why they need to flip the narrative on Sunday and go, go out there London, yep. with the world watching you, the only game at 9 o'clock in the morning on Eastern Standard Time, and you go out there and you make a statement. This is a crummy team, the Falcons. You don't want to be a crummy team. Go out there, score points, and beat them. All right, moving on to the defense here because there's obviously a lot to love here. I don't love them, you know, giving up the touchdown. Uh, with under two minutes left in the fourth quarter, but that that fourth and ten penalty, bro, dude, what in God? Was the TV? Did we miss something at the game when we watched it at the jumbo John? Because that was a horse bleep pass interference penalty. That game, if listen, if you're gonna blow the whistle at that point, it needs to be blatant. Like, yeah, no, he got there a tad early. Attack. Uh, yeah, but you can't early. make that call <laughs> at that point. You can't let a referee it's decide tough. the fate of a game. Yeah, I I hate when the refs uh decide fates of games. It's awful. But but bro, this guy Salah has taken guys that were drafted on day three of the draft. Just the Jets draft this year. Eccles, starting corner, has looked good. He's held his own. Has taken this guy uh, Gidry, who was an undraft, who was undrafted last year, right, Gidry? Yeah serviceable play and that tackle i brought it up before on on derrick henry save he was gone he was gone (laughs) he was gone and this guy michael carter the second he looks like our best rookie this year so he's what he said about oh and he's taking all these guys and then you look at the uh, the defensive line that lost carl lawson for the year all right bryce huff undrafted free agent last year uh quinnon williams looks like an all pro the last two games dude this guy looks like the third pick in the draft this this looks like the version that i envisioned of, of quinn williams could you just imagine if carl <laughs> lawson was here right now yeah but but dude oh dude goodness. john franklin myers looks yeah it's unguardable <laughs> unblockable up there on the line i i can't believe what i'm watching here and this is the stuff that you saw in san francisco from salah they lose bosa sherman's out um, I'm missing somebody else in the, on on the defense. Who? Uh, Fred Warner? Did he get hurt? Nah, I don't. But no, somebody in the line. Yeah, the, Solomon Thomas, D Ford maybe. Armstead, Armstead, yes. and D Ford did get hurt. But yeah. regardless, they had all these injuries in San Francisco, and Salah kept them in games by coaching up that defense. So, and Jeff Albrecht too. You can't just you know dismiss Jeff Albrecht um, and all this. He deserves a ton of credit. And honestly, we said it all offseason. C.J. Mosley. Can can we have a conversation about him? How great he's been? And he's, he's playing be great, man. Dude, it's like I he is literally changing plays where he sees it at the line of scrimmage and audibles. If they're if they're running a slant or he sees something pre-snap, he changes the play. It saves the game, and that's what we need on this defense. The people that wanted C.J. Mosley out of here for just you know a, a draft pick because we just we draft everybody we draft is so special. It's ludicrous, and this guy better be on the team next year. If they have any thoughts about moving this guy at the deadline or the team next year, they're out of their minds because, dude, he's been flying around the field, left even as a pass uh, in the pass rush game. 
he is getting after the quarterback. These blitzes that Salah and Albrook are dialing up are getting home to the quarterback. Like, they made Ryan Tannehill, who is like a pretty mobile quarterback. He's not a statue back there. This isn't Phillip Rivers, who just stands back there and gets killed. Like, Ryan Tannehill can move a little bit, and they sacked him seven times. Yeah, I I really thought the defense played extremely well. C.J. Mosley uh, lost weight in the offseason. He looks a lot faster on the field, so that's obviously a good thing to see. Quincy Williams with 12, oh, <laughs> 12 tackles. <laughs> Just, just an amazing performance uh, from the Williams brothers as well. So it's, it's right what you said. This defense doesn't have uh, too many first-round picks and, and, you know, big-name guys, but they're playing really well. Uh, so, you know, all credit to Salah and Jeff Holbrook there. D.J. Mosley is the heart of the defense, like no questions asked. Um, sending Bryce Hall on blitz too, I, I just love it. Bryce Hall playing out of his mind. It's, it was really crazy to see. And speaking of quarterbacks that can't move in the pocket, Matt Ryan uh, will be playing us on Sunday, coming off a seven-sack performance. Good note on Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. Who was the defensive coordinator for the Falcons last year? Jeff, Jeff Albrecht. Jeff Albrecht. Just something to think about there. And I'm really glad you brought up Quincy Williams, too, because I got on him a lot after that Denver game because he looked like a deer in the headlights. Dude, they might have something here with him. They might. I, I Emphasis on might, and, you know, we'll see because the Jets are actually getting healthier next week. They're getting back um, Gerard Davis after the bye, the, the big uh, free agent signing from the Detroit Lions, if you want to call it that. They'll get him back. Ashton Davis should be playing more next week, even though Ashton Davis, and that, that's a safety. 33 is brutal. I don't know who that guy is, but, bro, dude, that's that's not the guy. That's not the guy there. And – we'll get into a particular safety of the Jets and later on in the program and, and his uh, legal issues, but they might need a safety um, next off season. Just, just putting it mildly. Um, anywho, Marcus may, we need to have a conversation on later in the show is now actually, because <laughs> we, we need to talk about this. Marcus may for the people that are living under a rock was arrested in February for a DUI. And he hit a vehicle, I believe fled the scene or tried fleeing the scene. Yeah. The officer found him with throw up all over him himself and may not knowing what's going on. And he still had the audacity to complain about a contract, despite all of that happening. Guys, what are we making of Marcus May? Does this impact his future with the team? Talk to me about this one. Um, wow. Just the whole situation is just a really, really bad look, uh, not only on his part, but the fact that this is all coming out now. I mean, this does impact his potential free agency, um, but it could lower down the cost. Um, and I think, you know, he has the, the reason the Jets didn't want to really sign him is, is necessarily because of age and he might be too high priced. So who knows, maybe he's back on this team next year. And I think he didn't tell the league or the Jets, which is break some contract. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, there's a solid chance that he's played his last game as a Jet already. It's interesting because you kind of think, hey, maybe the price tag goes down on this guy because he has the ankle injury now. He has the legal matters. He's going to be suspended next year, at least four games, you would think, right? 
Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's why I wouldn't trade him at the trade deadline because I'm kind of over the whole like just get your, the Jets have plenty of draft picks. They have plenty. Do we do we really need more fourth? We really don't. And I'm kind of in the mood to see the Jets start winning games because you can't preach all gas, no break, and changing cultures. And you can't do that when you lose every week. So I'm I'm of the belief that May should be on this team. And Jamison Crowder better be on this team too for the rest of the season because he's obviously a vital part of the offense. So I would keep May around and see where it goes in the offseason, see where his price tag is, and see how he fits in the defense, to be completely honest with you. They could find something in one of these other safeties. Doubtful, but who knows? So let it play out with May. If he moves on, whatever. He's a 29-year-old safety that obviously had his injury issues here and now has the legal issues. Whatever. Safety is a replaceable position. You can find somebody. So for, for right now, just hold. Let it marinate and then reconvene in the offseason. Definitely agree with that. It's fair. It's fair. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Ah, dude, what a week, though. What a week. And how great did it feel being at that game? That place oh, was <laughs> that place was electric on Sunday. I'm telling you right now, that place was was definitely the fans showed up for that game on Sunday. Listen, I thought about storming the field after uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bullock missed it wide left. So and, it was and, awesome. And now that we're on the, the – I just remembered this. How about that guy Hardy with another stupid penalty running it? <laughs> I mean, what is, what is wrong with this guy? He, 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 every week he's got to get his weekly penalty of, of running into the – what's he doing running into that guy? I mean, my guy saw the speech after the game that he gave the team. My goodness. I mean, I was pretty – I was like, whoa. You know, <laughs> but – Bro, calm down. Stop running into people. <laughs> Stop talking to the other team. Don't get stupid penalties. Just when the guy catches the ball, tackle him, and then, you know, do your little dance or whatever you got to do. Stop getting penalties because that was a big penalty right there that set t- Tennessee up with good field position. We, we can't have that. We, we can't afford those type of miscues. He's a captain of the team, so got to clean it up. Yeah, he's got to be better. And MetLife was very loud on TV. I heard you guys. Yeah. <laughs> And, and sticking with the theme of special teams, how about Braxton Berrios with some good returns on Sunday? Mess. And some nice end arounds, too, that were actually effective. Yeah. And, and sticking with the uh, tradition before we uh, get on to – I came up with the name for the segment, everybody, so it's no longer called <laughs> Bet Time. This is, in case you have missed it, the Jets Way podcast. It's time for the Bets Way to close out our show. Wow. <laughs> but before we, but before, yeah, no, listen. Okay. I have a good idea from time to time, believe it or not. Um, before we get into all that, it's time for just a real quick report cards, starting with the offense. I'll go first on this one, giving them a B plus. I thought they showed out on Sunday for for half the game. You got to you got to play two halves of football. Absolutely, B plus for me. Uh, pretty much what you said. Definitely got to see um, some more points scored in the first half. I'll do a B, and for the same reasons. All right, time for the defense. For me, it's an A minus. It would be an A if they just simply didn't give up a touchdown with under two minutes. A minus for me. Uh, too many third and fifteen conversions and the screen passes. And yeah, third and twenty-one. All <laughs> oh, that bro, stuff. how 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 is that? This was that this, that was the start of the game, right? The third and yeah. twenty-one where they kicked the field yeah. goal. Bro, what in God? That was thirty-three that missed that tackle too. Yep. What? 
who the hell is that guy? <laughs> Adrian Colbert. Yeah. He's oh bad. my God! <laughs> what are they doing with him? The Almighty Ashton Davis better start kicking off the rust real soon. But you, bro, that was brutal. Yeah. So A minus for me. I'm gonna do an A just because the only reason we were in that game is because we kept holding them to field goals and getting pressure. Yeah. All right. Special teams. For me, I'm going. You know, they did have some good returns. They had the idiotic penalty. Let's go with an A minus, even though they they almost missed that kick. A minus. Uh, I'll go with a B only because I thought I was gonna have a heart attack if uh, Amendola missed that field goal in overtime. <laughs> I'm right in the middle at a B plus. All right. And last but not least, this coaching staff. Salah had these guys ready to play ball. They were inspired. I'm going with an A. I'm going with an A. If the offensive play calling in the first half was just a tad bit better, it'd be an A plus. But you gotta give you gotta tip your caps here. You, we 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 call spades spades here on this program. And when we see shit, we call it how it is. But when we see an encouraging product on the field on Sundays. We're positive about it. And this coaching staff co coached their asses off this week. Bottom line, they made adjustments at halftime. They had the team focused. They get an A. A for me as well. Uh, thought the game plan was pretty much executed how they wanted it to. Seven sacks, um, 14 points scored in the fourth quarter. Thought Sal had the guys ready to play like you mentioned before. So uh, that's an A for me. I'm going A as well. The offense did their part. The defense did their part. We got the field goal to win at the end. And, you know, we started 0-3, and they had the team ready to play, and the Titans are a good team. So, great win. They better head to London and win. They have to They, they got to win. And, bro, what's crazy about this is, hear me out here for a second. You beat Atlanta this week. You're going to a bye. You have a week. You get to watch the film from the first game against New England. I mean, is and Mac I don't Jones? Think the Pats are really good. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't throw the ball away four times, uh, who knows? You know, we could be having a conversation here about a 500 football team. Is that that crazy to think? Maybe it's possible. Maybe. But like Hardy said, hey, we beat the Titans. Let's go beat the Falcons. Yeah, Hardy. Oh, God. <laughs> um, but honestly, my expectations for this team all year was – what I was nervous about last week was this is going to be another two-win season. There's no reason after seeing that game on Sunday why this team can't win five to six games. There's, there's no reason. There's no, no reason. If you can beat the Titans, who I get it, A.J. Brown didn't play, Julio didn't play. Whatever. I'm sh the Jets have gone into plenty of games with, you know, lawn chairs for wide receivers. No? With Chris Hogan last year. So, Hogan. yeah, I didn't hear anybody making excuses <laughs> for us. The bottom line is you win on Sunday and you win on Sunday. So, this team, the expectation should be f at least five wins. If we can't get five wins, then we have a problem. But this is no longer that two win, maybe get the first pick in the draft type of team. We, we, we're back on track. And, and that's why I think we're all feeling really good right now. Yep, definitely agree with that. Um, winnable game on Sunday. The only element is London and that whole scenario. But now definitely winnable game on Sunday. And if we get to two and three uh, heading into the bye, I think that sets us up um, for success um, against the Patriots. 
Yeah, just look at the remaining schedule. There's a lot of winnable games there. So I don't see why five, six wins shouldn't be our, our expectation. We've had line movement in the game as well as we prepare for our uh, Nets way segment. The Jets started off, they opened as a three-and-a-half-point underdog. The Jets are now plus three. So the sharp bettors are currently taking our guys. Nice to see. All right. It is the ever-so-popular Bets Way segment here. I think I was one and one last week. How about my shout for the Arizona Cardinals? Huh? I mean, yeah. Browns, I mean, we're close. You know, they lost 14 set. Uh, not Browns. Uh, Vikings were close losing to the Browns. So I was one and one. Uh, someone took the Jets here. I know that. I was two and oh. I took the Jets. Two and oh. What do we got? We got another. We got an oh and two or one and one at least? I was a one and one. Yeah. All right. So we won your money for the second straight week. So just take our plays and you'll win. <laughs> uh, so who wants to go first here? Two picks. I'll, can't I'll lose. First. I'm taking Rams minus two and a half at Seahawks. They just got beat by the cards, so they're going to be mad a little bit. And I think that's Sunday night football. No, that's yeah. Thursday night football. So oh, it's Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, that could be your bonus pick. Give us two. That's a fire Sunday. game. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, much better than last week. So I'll tell you that much. And then I'm going to take the Titans minus four at Jaguars. That's a good one. Um, I will go Jets. Plus three against the Falcons. Going with the good vibes here. And then I'm going to go Panthers minus three and a half against the Eagles. Uh, the Panthers at home. Uh, I like how they've, they've been playing so far. Obviously, they lost last week, but I think that's a winnable game at home for them. All right. And for me, call me a square better all you want. I just don't see how in God's name Aaron Rodgers does not go into Cincinnati and doesn't win more than more. I can't speak right now. It's just I, I can't believe this line. Packers minus three. No Joe Mixon. Uh, I think people – I like the Bengals. I think Burrow is the real deal, but this is Aaron Rodgers coming in here now. Um, it's a whole different story. So give me the Packers minus three on the road. I don't like betting minus three road favorites, but this is Aaron Rodgers. I will take him. And you know what? I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers – flip the script and pick up a win at home over the Denver Broncos. Give me the Steelers at home at Heinz Field, desperate for a win. And a pick them. Wow. You think Teddy Bridgewater plays that game? Is that what yeah, he had a concussion last game, right? Yeah. Ooh. Concussions are weird. That's usually a one week because yeah. Eccles had the concussion. He's probably not going to play this week. Elijah Moore didn't He's play bad. last week. Mm. I think it's I think it's going to be Drew Locke against the vaunted Steelers defense, and that Steeler crowd is going to be into it. I'll tell you that much. Desperate for a win. That's People forget. Pick. Yeah, they went to Buffalo and beat them first week of the season. That that uh, that, that quarterback play has not been uh, not been great for them. Oh, ben is done, man. Yeah. He's done. He's in a casket out there. Yeah. All right, folks, there you have it. Tally us. Let us know if you tally us. That would make us feel really good. And while you're at that, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We certainly appreciate it. And we certainly appreciate all of the feedback we've been getting of 
people anticipating our shows. We were a little bit late this week. Uh, the Yankees uh, disrupted our schedule, and I'm a freaking idiot for thinking that they would <laughs> actually win last night. And, you know, before we leave this program here, Alex Rodriguez, you are the worst commentator <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Bro, this guy is terrible. Terrible. So bad. He's so Ter- bad. Terrible. You would think, you would think he was uh, Ted Williams for the Boston Red Sox the way he announced last night's game. Regardless, <laughs> n- uh, the Yankees weren't beating Tampa. Major changes need to be made. This is a Jets program. We'll, we'll save that for another time. Guys, take it easy. We'll talk next week. Everybody stay safe. Bye-bye.